Off the ball. Rugby. You'd be an ideal man to be in with them. For the Lions? Yeah. So go on, you're asking me what would I like to go, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm back the mad from the lads in Off the Ball. <laughs> join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. Zemo going on his own. He gets the try. The Red 78. We're both monster people. Whoever gets over the line. Try from Ulster. Nobody knows monster rugby better. Hello folks, you're very welcome along to the Red 78, a Munster podcast for Munster fans. My name is Rory O'Hagan and as always we have plenty to talk about this week as an off-form Munster lose to Connacht. The injuries continue to mount off and there's a much needed week off for the lads as well. Delighted to be joined by Fiona Hayes and Alan Quinlan lads. How are you? Happy New Year to you both. Happy New Year to you, Rory, as well. Uh, Rumour has it you were a bit sick, were you? Did have COVID slightly, all right, since we recorded the last <laughs> podcast. Wouldn't recommend it, lads. Minus crack. <laughs> You're going soft, that's it, Rory. Uh, I think that's what it was as well, but it did give me plenty of time to watch plenty of sport over the weekend. You know, oh, I'm sick, I better stay at home, just relax all day and watch the sport. So I and did watch, uh, sport, yeah. watch the sport, uh, watch that uh, Monster and Connacht game, which nearly put me back to sleep, which we'll get into that <laughs> in just a little bit. But um, yeah, not uh, a great week in the Hagen household for me, it has to be said. And Monster losing as well, just to top it off. Uh, capping off a pretty miserable week and that defeat to two Connacht. We're going to get into the, the weeds of that very, very shortly. But we've had plenty of comments in about it, Fiona Hayes. And look, it's again, it's the same kind of stuff that's been hitting us every week over the last couple of weeks. The line out, the injuries, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, it's, it seems a bit like Groundhog Day at the moment. Yeah, and I think I'll start with Queenie. You're after getting knocked off John Smith's Christmas card list anyway. Um, <laughs> your comment, Queenie, on the AIL line-out was insulting to all 50 clubs around the country. And look, um, I can, I, I'll take that on the chin. I'll take it full full metal jacket. Um, it wasn't meant as an insult to the, to the AIL. I think what I did obviously mean, and I said it wrong, was that there's players here that there's a difference when you step up to professional rugby from the AIL. There's more pressure, um, more quality. You're playing against internationals. You're playing at a, a different level. Um, and to say that, you know, is wrong because I've been to a few AIL yeah. games this year, I think, um, and I haven't seen any team lose six, seven lineouts and three or four more sloppy ones. Um, of course, you'll see in every game, at every level, you'll see a couple of lineouts pinch here and there, or a missed time throw or lift or whatever. So, my apologies to anyone in the AIL that has taken offence from that. Um, I certainly didn't mean to to cause any offence to the AIL because, you know, I played in the AIL for a long, long time, and I'm a big advocate of club rugby. Um, I came through that system myself. I know the school system is is probably the major feeder for for all the academies in 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 the four provinces, but the club game for me is is really vital, and it's something we're probably going to talk about later in the season, uh, particularly around the Six Nations. We're going to get someone on from from the clubs, uh, a couple of people on from the clubs to talk about the AIL. And interestingly, there's always a few comments about how can we get more players coming through the club system and. Um, but the AL is very competitive, and um, you know you go to AL games and you see players with probably no baggage. They're having a go. They're not looking at what's ahead or what's behind. It's it's they're they're in that moment a little bit more, a little bit less pressure, obviously, because they're not getting paid to play. It's not their jobs, but 
Anyway, apologies to anyone who's taken offence. And uh, John is right. Clip me on that one. So fair play, John. Um, we'll say Oshin Short has positives. Zebo looked like a real threat every time he got his hands on the ball. Hodnett didn't stop working. Negatives. Everyone looked absolutely exhausted and didn't have a plan B for the conditions. Lineouts. Uh, ball was way too slow coming out of the ruck and injuries. Um, Paddy said everyone quite rightly will be talking about the line out but what has worried me and not just in this match is the lack of basic skill and rugby awareness of the lads coming through seriously are the coaches at Blackrock etc that much better Trevor has are we under some sort of a curse or something if Coombs would have slid onto the ball instead of trying to pick it up and dot it then I'm convinced we'd have won that match not Gab's fault but you make your own luck I'm still convinced we're going to smash someone soon mm. mind uh, Paul O'Sullivan the line out was the big problem yesterday too much dummy acting with all the fake jumping going on in the line out when someone finally it goes over their head gets knocked on or is not straight does anyone else need to go into the market and get some sh- uh, get some short-term signings. Fiona, if I could jump into you on yeah. that one there, and I know we'd, we'd probably expand on it a little bit. I agree with that message. I think there's yeah. way too much movement, dummy jumps, uh, shimmying to the front, shimmying to the back, all that kind of stuff. It's putting a lot of pressure on Scott Buckley as well, who's... There's a lot of pressure there. There's a crowd screaming and roaring at you from behind. It's, it's, uh, it's noisy. There's players shouting, get it in. The conditions are horrendous. I think the the playbook for this for the game against Connacht was was wrong. Um, way too much movement. And there's a couple of lineouts in the game where Munster just they go to five mans and they get it in really quickly. Mm. It's speed of movement on the ground. I've said this before and on um, the last couple of weeks. Um, speed of movement on the ground, and you just try and win win that battle quicker than the opposition. And um, it's definitely a relevant point that he's making there. Yeah, um, I'll do a couple more. Dave H, line-out scrum and lack of power in the pack. While the injured players would obviously improve this, I worry about our depth in these areas. And last one, we'll go with Chris, or Christ Tobin, as he calls himself. <laughs> Very hard to find many positives after that. Zebo looks sharp. We've had too many poor performances like that. We look exhausted. The injuries are horrific. And this one, we, we'll chat about this, Quinny. Um, any honest opinion on Jack O'Donoghue's season-finishing challenge? Um, just from my perspective, I had something similar done to me in at the side, but it wasn't kind of looked at back. It was back in the day, a long time ago. <laughs> and, you know, I had, to, I had to deal with my knee issues then, but I think it's a focus of referees now and they're trying to stamp it out. So, Quinny, what's your thoughts on that or the refereeing of that? Do you think it was correct? Um, I think at the time and commentary, um, I can see that Byron Ralston is trying to get under Jack O'Donoghue. Um, he does come from the side. Um, the powers that be are trying to eradicate any lower leg injuries. We saw a horrendous one with Dan Levy a couple of years ago for Leinster where it's a career-ending injury. Um, he's still a young man, Dan Levy, and his career's over because of of one of those charges in at the side where you're targeting the lower limb. The, the, at the point and the time, I'm thinking... Ralston is not meaning to do this. I don't think he's targeting the lower leg as regards, um, because there is a wrap. He's not off his feet. He's not diving in a sense that um, 
but some people may not agree either with that, you know, and I think it's, I'm, I'm kind of divided on it. Initially, I thought when Chris Busby and TMO were talking about it, I'm thinking it's hard to argue against what Chris Busby is saying, that there is a rap there. Mm. But the point I would make here is if you accidentally go to tackle somebody and you go head on head with them as a tackler, your intention is not to headbutt them and hit them with your head. It's accidental. But the price is, well, there's there's kind of a <laughs> zero tolerance. It's the red card. Um, so I think we're going to see a bit of change after this in the game. We're going to see this as an example that these are, these are going to be upgraded to red, whether you're accidental or not. If you're sloppy and you're going off your feet and you don't actually hit the body of the player and you go at their leg, it'll be a red card. Um, I think he will be cited. Um, and I think that, um, actually, I, I'm hearing that that's, that's going to be announced today. Um, again, it's, it's, I'm sure Baron Ralston isn't, he's not pleased about that. And when you injure another player like that, um, I don't think there's any intention, but it's a big price for Jack O'Donnell to pay now. And, you know, his knee is banjaxed, really, and, and it's it's shocking. Um, so I think, yes, when I, on reflection, when I look back and I think about it and I watch it back so many times, I think, yes, it's it's probably, um, it, it merits a red card at this stage. Um, and it's on the basis of, again, the head high stuff. 90% of those, Fiona, you know, are not yep. intentional. No. They're yep. just players being a bit reckless and not dipping at the right time. Um, there's loads of these head-on-head ones that yeah. there's definitely no intention in them. So I think the same should apply here for a low, lower leg injury when you're targeting and you go near someone's limbs like that. If you put the hand through and you hook the player over and kind of spin him to the side, that's fair enough. But he's got to have more control coming into that rock, and he didn't have. I understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to shift Jack O'Donnell, who's about to poach the ball and get his hands in the ball. But... Um, yeah, it's it's at the time I was kind of like hard to argue against Chris Busby, but on reflection, I think it's it, it merits a red. What yeah, was your- look, yeah, no, just on that as well. Like even when I'm coaching, I'd be very strict on entry into the breakdown. He's clearly in the side. He's caused a career, or a season-ending injury. I, I agree when they talk it out and you listen to it, you're saying, yeah, and definitely not intentional. But World Rugby or someone or the referees are going to have to look at this uh, really closely because if you're going in the side, a completely illegal a- action, you know, they need to be coached. You've got to go in. He's stopping him getting his hands on the ball. And unfortunately, you can see him, you know, because it was obviously reviewed so many times. We saw it over and over again. And it's horrific what, to watch. And Fiona, what, what people may ask is, and, and Connacht supporters or even players, what can he do differently? Well, what he's got to do differently is is grab around put his hands over the back of Jack O'Donnell and try and fall to the side and kind of the crocodile roll scenario of twisting him onto his back. That's all he can do there because, we, you know, it has to be eradicated. When you go on those lower limb injuries and go at people's legs, um, I I did my cruciate in 2005, six season over in Sale in round one of Europe and it was a tackle from Mark Taylor at the time, the Sale Welsh International. Um. He caught me by the collar of the jersey and threw all his weight onto my legs and my, my knee snapped inwards. And I'm just thinking it's it was at the time and I'm still a bit angry over that because it was 
it was completely illegal. He literally jumped through his whole body on the side of me as I was kind of bending him off. And it's a big price to pay for Jack O'Donoghue now, you know, and he's another loss to Munster because they need him in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and I think this will be um, this will be a game changer for that going forward. But there was a lot of stuff went on in that game that was crazy for me. There was people charging into rocks. There was bodies everywhere. There was, there, was, there was double tackles. There was shoulders going in everywhere. Gavin Coombs got a head-on-head from Jared Butler before Munster got the penalty to go 6-3 up. It was a clear head-on-head. Not shown the replay. Um, but you watch it back. It's a head-on-head. Gavin Coombs is down injured, not picked up. I thought the TMO should have intervened for the swinging arm on Zebo on the yeah. far side of the field. I thought Thomas Ahern was very lucky going down with his shoulder on the back of, of Kean Prendergast. That should have been a penalty against him and Munster. This stuff wasn't picked up by Mark Patton, the TMO. And, and you know, you've two assistants, Andy Brace is there and, and Keen Davidson. And to be fair to Andy Brace, I don't think the Jack O'Donnell one is even going to be picked up unless Andy Brace is, is intervenes. And there's nothing come from, coming from the TMO there. And, um, so it was reckless for both sides at times, and I think when when uh, when that game is reviewed and has been reviewed, and I think um, the old the Leinster Munster game is a Leinster Ulster game again. A lot of going on at, at the breakdown. Uh, Munster Leinster, even Connacht Ulster Connacht before Christmas. These derbies are very, very competitive and you have players playing against each other that know each other really well. There's an extra little edge to them and we've probably spoke for a number of years about the competitiveness and that kind of rivalry has it, has it kind of evaporated a little bit. But I think from what we saw in the last two weeks was um, there's still a real competitive edge to it. And uh, But there's a lot of stuff that went on at the breakdowns in all those games that's, that that for me wasn't policed right. It should have been policed really early at the start of the game because we had the Ali Yeager one as well, a double tackle there with two players. Why aren't one of why isn't one of them going for his leg? Why isn't one going low? There's two players charging in. Um again, it's hard to argue and say that's a red card. And and I get that. But I think there's two shoulders going at a player's head there and neck, and in the result is he's knocked out and his game is over as well. Um so there's a lot of stuff there going on in the game and in, in those interpros that needs to be kind of eradicated and cleared out. The way you do that is you 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 manage it really strictly at the start of the game. So many players going off their feet, um, uh, Connacht Munster the other night. For both sides, going beyond the ball, tackling beyond the ball, all that kind of stuff, carnage at the breakdown. And I think Chris Busby um, and his team of officials should have done better for both sides. Um, but anyway, it's a long answer as regards what you asked me about <laughs> Baron Ralston, I think, and and what happened there. Um, but it's very unfortunate that Jack O'Donoghue's season is, is most likely over now. Mm, it certainly is. Fiona, what did you make of that Ollie Yeager incident? Look, it was absolutely disheartening, you know, to see him just out clean like that and especially the way he was carried off. It's, it's, it's very hard. I know... 
so what I what I was I was looking at it from a coaching perspective, right? And I know the way Munster like to play, it's um they keep their car their carries not narrow, but they like to go straight instead of going obviously they try to find a, a soft shoulder, but it's holding that straight, going through people to give space to the back line rather than the forwards taking big wide steps and carries too wide. So you could see he was going, he had the head down, he was going straight for it. And it was just the two of them came together exactly like Quinny said. It's 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 like it's it's horrible to see. Probably not high. Did it slide up, Quinny? Um, on the the shoulder. Well, I think Joe, Joe Joyce's his arms tucked arm. a little bit. Um, yeah. he, he to be fair, it's hard for him to wrap there because Finley Bealham squeezes in that space. And what they basically do is they try and close that little gap that Ali yeah. Yeager is trying to go through. Um, look, it's an unfortunate one. It's hard to say that either of them uh, deserve anything. Uh, more or, or any sort of punishment because it's just one that though I think um like it's a rugby incident. Yeah, it is. It's a yeah, rugby yeah. incident. You can't you can't say anything of it, but obviously there was head and neck contact there and it's it is that arm sliding up and that's what they're trying to eradicate. So how how do you stop that? You know how you know you you have to have two players he's a big prop you know a big guy you're going to get double tackles on that that's part of the game they decide when they're talking in but I think Quinny is right normally on that you'd see maybe one going low one going mm. ho- a little bit higher but it just happened that they both came at the exact same time and squeezed his head awful to see but rugby incident I think yeah, it looked absolutely horrible and especially when he gets uh, stretched off in that condition as well so look we wish him the very very best luck and to, to Jack as well um have you any more messages, Fiona? Are we done? I, I kind of jumped in there. Will you ask me? No, about no, that, no, that's it. People were just asking about that, you know, about that Jack O'Donoghue. Like, how do you, how do you, ha- how do you stamp that out? Um, I suppose uh, I can give you the last one by a man, Phil Quinlan. Any and relation? you're going to love this again. Are you coming out of retirement, Alan? So they're, they're, everyone is very worried about the line out because they want you back in there. <laughs> Am I coming out of retirement? I'd love to. Um, but my, my, <laughs> as I said, my mind would probably uh, like to, but my, my, my body wouldn't respond in kind, I don't think. Can you go on and even call the line outs? Could you do that? Maybe just go on and, and come off then when you when you well, call those no, quick line outs. No, come here, it's, you don't want to be insulting the players. There's no yeah. guarantee I could fix a line out there if I went into it because it's a lot more than just throwing the ball in and lifting yeah, yeah. people. It's it's that experience and that repetition of people. And you, it, the point here that people don't actually realise sometimes is a lot of these fellas don't get a lot of, lot of reps in training. So when the first team is ready and available and you nearly have all your players around, they're banging out the lineouts. The, the other players who are kind of in the squad, they don't get that repetition and that, that opportunity to, to do countless lineouts and get really, really good as a group. Plus, they're chopping and changing a little bit. You're in, you're out. There's a lot of chopping and changing. So there's more to it than just bad throws or bad lifts or whatever. Um yeah. It's finding the time then as well to, to, to get this group. And then you have Finney Witchley and Owen Clark who pull out. Yeah. Um, that's after Saturday's session. So you've more rearranging there again really quickly and in a short period of time. So they, they picked up Knox on Saturday's training, the last training essentially before Monday. So they didn't get any reps, Scott Buckley. Like he would have had a few, I suppose, because he would have been on the bench. Yeah. But 
Um, yeah. Gavin Coombs has to move in and then it's the second one. Then Jack O'Donnell comes in at eight. So, um, yeah, it's a tough one. But um, look, it's... Witcherly uh, probably would have been the main go-to to guy as well. You know, he's coming back. You know well, that... they would have trained all week with them. With you know them. I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's hard. The other the other thing is it even watching Buckley, like I thought he actually had a, a great game around the park. I suppose the only thing from my perspective and, and people asking me watching it as well is... You know, there was a couple of line outs there where one went crooked, but he, but I think it went to Tyburn, but he actually caught it down by his he the bottom of his body as well, and you know, with a couple of crooked throws and you know going off to the side. What like is it pressure that's doing that? Because obviously he's repping them out in training, but definitely yes, the lift, the movement that was all slow. But there was a couple at the start as well where you have to he has to put his hand up and say, I mean, Quinny, like you'll know this coach. If you're thrown to four and you can't get over two defensively, that's the throw. If someone at two is picking off the line out to four, you have to take ownership on that throw as well. And that is it for part one of the Red 78. To listen to the full episode where we talk about our star of the week and we have a little look ahead to the clash with Toulon the weekend after next. Become an Off The Ball member. Check out offtheball.com forward slash join for all the details. You can become a member on the Off The Ball app Apple, Spotify or YouTube for 9.99 a month. The Red 78, nobody knows Monster Rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot.